0: Throughout our In Conversation with LMH podcast series, we look to share our insights into the luxuries we can't live without and bring into focus the ultimate luxury of health and time spent with people and projects that matter. In these podcasts, we speak to luxury tastemakers and experts across the luxury sphere, from investments, health, travel to sustainability. Maggie, thanks for joining us on our LMH In Conversation with podcast series. It's a real pleasure to have you you join us. Could you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. Um, So originally I was born and bred in New Zealand and after my first year of university, I kind of decided to do my big OE and travel around and work. Ended up in London and then had my first child at 22 and being a young mother at the time, and not really knowing anybody uh, in London at all, because none of my friends were having babies. Um, I was kind of thrown into this early years kind of family offering, um, and kind of dredging my way around church halls and cafes and trying to find a bit of a community or a connection. And and that's kind of how I stumbled into what I do. Um, so I blame my first child; she takes credit for it. Um, and then quite quickly after that, I had three other children. Quickly, I had two children, and then another one came along a bit later. Um, so I have four children in total. And then I was looking for this, I guess, at the time we were members of so House, and you have that life as, as, as a couple where you're going to lovely restaurants and lovely places. And then, you know, we're talking kind of 18 years ago, because my eldest is now 20, um, And there was just nowhere to kind of go. There was nowhere that what I called cool or just had lovely design. It was all very much you kind of became a parent and it was like society forgot about you. And so I kind of was like, someone's got to someone's got to have got to be thinking the same as me. Some even just a nice cafe that's quite welcoming for prams and small children. And, you know, people don't kind of glare at you when they might have a bit of a strop or a tantrum and I kind of got through child two and child three and still nothing had opened and I was like my god I'm gonna have to do this um so I, I started this concept of a, a a club I guess and at the time I didn't really understand I mean I mean it was a members club you're kind of looking at it from when you're looking at small children but we created a club and it was about creating a community uh, initially it was for mums because I was a mother and and my network was all mums and so we launched our first one in Kensington and then evolved that dads actually quite enjoyed it as well because they didn't really know where to go with their kids either when they had when they were on kid duty on the weekends and so we kind of grew this little business that started from just pure selfish needs and requirements and took it on to become a family club um, that offered families a place to hang out and do creative things together so yeah stumbled into it
0: you definitely answered my my next question, which was what inspired you to work um, within sort of the early childhood industry with four children? I've no doubt you needed somewhere to go <laughs> just so that you could um, actually have a bit of a break. I mean, I, I've got one child, but I do remember those days really desperately thinking it'd be great to just be able to take them somewhere where it was really family friendly. So um, it sounds um, like they definitely inspired you along the way. As um, As a working mother and also, you know, someone that's owned a successful business what would you say is sort of your key learnings or or things that you would give advice to others in the same situation as you?
1: I think one of my key learning and and certainly um since I've left the my previous business was that engulfed me um it it was great because I could include the children in my business initially when they were younger but as we grew um and particularly internationally I didn't I think I kind of I didn't spend as much time with my kids as I didn't make as, as much time for them. I think I was busy being busy, and that's something that with my new business I really made sure that I'm very I'm a lot more conscious of and not being um, not trying to be everything to everybody all the time, like actually come come up compartmentalizing work and family and taking time because I think I think a as entrepreneurs but b but in particular with women we tend to we tend to be rescuers and I think a friend of mine has her title chief everything officer, um, instead of CEO. And that encapsulates, I think how we feel as women. And my big learning was, and, and my kids are older, so they can articulate this now. And when they look back on a period of time when I was really busy at Maggie and Rose, they, they were like, we didn't actually, we missed you. And so that's actually something I think if you have young children and you're starting a business, I didn't, I didn't see it at the time. And now my children are older and they're remembering back. I'm like, oh my God, actually. I probably didn't I focused too much on the work and not enough on on carving out maybe more time with them. And that is a huge thing that I obviously didn't see at the time. And I mean, bless them, they're fine, they don't need therapy. Um, but it is something that they remember, you know, and you kind of think as a mother, you always want that your kids to look back on their childhoods and remember. Certain things and they have some fantastic memories as well so it's not all doom and gloom but that is um that's just one thing i think i would really anybody starting out a business with a young family i would say just to to carve out time for precious family moments and memories because we can be busy being busy and and those that family time is not busily making dinner and you know being in a hurry it's actually finding time to have those moments whether it's no phones playing board games or hanging out or, you know, when they're younger, just remembering to get down at their level and play with them. You know, playing doctors and nurses or with the doll's house or stuff that we sometimes think that we're too busy to do because we're always quite, there's always some washing to do or there's always something to do. So I think it would be try and remember to carve out times to make memories. Let the washing pile up a bit. Don't worry about the dishes. (laughs) Like the priority is, is very much putting those kids. And I say memories because it's what they're going to remember in the future, um, and that's a key. As it that was quite a shock to me when my kids kind of had this heart to heart with me one day, and I was like, "God, I thought I was always there, you're always with me," and you know, at work. And they were like, "We were with you at work, but we weren't with you." Um, so yeah, I think that's probably my big takeaway from it. And I've been quite conscious with the new business to make sure that that I don't repeat that. Um, also, we've been in lockdown, so we've been forced to spend a lot of time together. So there is that element, <laughs> and working from home has allowed us to juggle that a bit better.
0: Yeah, I think I think everyone, any working mother, would relate to that. And I think you're right. Um, I think we do tend to do everything for everyone. So I suppose, you know, and, and you you've sort of you carved out, didn't you, so that you could bring that that family, four children, you know, into your workplace, but as you say, it's um, it's quality time. And I did, um, you know, I was, was reading, and I'd love you to tell us a bit more about your new initiative, because I think you've thought about some of these things, haven't you, about sort of engaging them and all these things to spend quality time and connecting and, and being able to, to sort of enjoy that family time. So can you tell us a little bit about that concept about Be Together? Sure, I mean, I guess the name encapsulates what we
1: were trying to do with the new concept and I think now more than ever with COVID um it's it is about being able to be together in a single place and as my kids have grown and also the dynamics I think of families have grown so um I'm divorced I'm going through a divorce and I have a new partner we're thinking about having another child five crazy but you know um and we, we, we there's this whole notion of blended families. And so we also see outside of us just, you know, n- divorced families, new pairings with f- um, different age children from different families kind of blending together. So we were looking at this concept of blended, like how you create a, a space within local um, enclaves of where families live, residential areas, that become community kind of hubs where there's a mix of offerings that you can take part in. And also different ages, like a lot more. We've seen grandparents being part of childcare, but still also really not being that confident with these new age children and what to do with them and where to take them. And looking more, we were predominantly preschool kind of previously. Um, and obviously, as I've grown and my children have grown, it's much more encapsulating that kind of circular thing. And you know, my children are getting to the age where they want work experience. And my eldest went to university, and she was going for a lot of jobs. And all these students go for these jobs. And to to kind of ice, uh, to break down the choices, they were like, well, if you don't have, if you don't have experience working in a bar or a cafe, then we're not going to look at you. And she's like, "Well, I, I, I don't know how to make a coffee." And bless her, she didn't actually drink, so she didn't even know how to open a bottle of wine. Um, so those things like that. That I was like, I didn't teach my daughter to open a bottle of wine before she went to uni because I just thought she could do that. So it's you know having those experience, those work, those kind of work experience opportunities as well, where children who are thinking, you know, teenagers who are thinking about going into different. Career paths, but also needing part-time work as they're studying, to give them some basic skills and confidence when they're heading off to uni without us as parents around. So when they apply for jobs, they can do it with a bit more confidence. Um, but still providing childcare for new families or families with young children, but keeping everything under one roof. So we have a workspace as well that you can book, and the childcare is provided, but it is full daycare as opposed to kind of a crash service, because. When they're younger, you want them in a routine and they've got to, you know, you they get ready for preschools and things like that. So it's it's proper kind of proper daycare, I guess, so as opposed to a creche next to a co-work. And with meeting rooms, there's a members club floor for the community element of it. And then we've kept it quite open and as flexible as we can. So if you have a, ch- if you have if your family don't quite fit the club, element and age range then you can still dip into some of the workshops for the older kids and and take part in other elements of the offering
0: yeah i I love how you've got that wider age group as you say even moving towards even getting the grandparents involved i've actually got a 14 year old child and i think throughout lockdown in london you know they'll start flocking towards the park or you know looking for trouble so i think um knowing that they can go to that place and you're you're reconnecting with them aren't you I, i i sort of was was looking at your offering and you're sort of saying like get them off always we're in an in- increasing digital age you're bringing them back aren't you also to reconnect to spend time with the family you've got all these different um elements of sort of eat work play together so you're bringing whether it's a you know immediate family broader family blended families like you're trying to cater for them all to be able to enjoy that time aren't you in in the middle of london
1: yeah, and the way the design works is we've got different floors and different pockets and the design has been quite key as well because actually even, you know, the the this generation are much more design conscious in terms of their surroundings and so having a space that is not fundamentally babyish so they don't feel like they're going to a kids' club has been quite key and a challenge, you know, so the design in itself has to be at a level that when you come in, it, it does transcend ages and again the offering and the programming is key in terms of the different ages and play is an interesting concept because it's quite easy for us to play it's easy for a two-year-old to play and you know and, and younger children to play because it comes naturally to them because they haven't actually learned as we get older we forget about play and so what we've tried to do is reincorporate incorporate play back into the older kids lives Um, from board games to creative kind of outlets. So not so much focused like art classes where you're learning a skill, but more mindful sessions with some good music and some food where they can come and unwind. Because more and more, there's so much pressure on them in this day and age, but also no one thinks about them. They are this forgotten age where members clubs, you know, kind of do an under 27 membership, but they don't really do a tween and teen and they're very much about serving alcohol and you know so they're, they're not welcome there and then you've got as you say parks and starbucks and and the the street basically but it, this weather's miserable in this country most of the time so that limits where they can go and so basically they have school and home and what we wanted to provide was this this thing between the two because you know home is home and they have it all day, every day. And school can be quite intense and both combined can be quite intense because the, you know, unintentionally as parents, we want the best for our kids. And when they're going through exams, we can put pressure on them. So it's giving them an outlet where they can go and study and, and get away from us, but maybe meet some friends and potentially see a workshop or a class that they might not have taken part in at school because it's school, but that might just help them in that period where, you know, my kids are doing A-levels, GCSEs in a pandemic with university entrance, and I've seen a different level of pressure and stress on these kids, and, you know, there's no no outlet for them. You know, and the one thing that they've fundamentally missed in in lockdown is, is their friends, like the actual being together and that's not just the teenage kids as well that's Ollie's 10 but also my friends with little ones you know you're tearing your hair out trying to figure out how to keep them all entertained whether they're three four or five and actually just meeting a friend and letting them be together and play you don't even have to think anymore they will entertain each other so it's about giving them spaces of all the different ages to basically just come hang out and
0: and take part in things. I think uh, you've definitely got a member in my son, James, who's 14, because I relate exactly to what you're talking about. I think we worry about them sort of wandering off to go to the park or in these public places where you know they're not quite ready for the outside world in that way, but they want to be independent and, and, and enjoy some, somewhere safe to be able to, as you say, sort of play and interact in different ways. I love how you've got, um, tell us about the At Feast, which is sort of this culinary hub, isn't it, for the whole family. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, when we were looking at what we could do, members clubs, F&B becomes
1: quite limited to within the constraints of the members club. And actually what I kind of thought was and what I've seen is missing is just a really good local restaurant for families to go to. And so we looked at that concept in terms of, OK, what do families need and what, and what do we want to do? And also looking at the, uh, the sustainability element, um, which is big for everybody at the moment. But I think in particular, the younger generations are much more aware of it. And, you know, as parents and as grownups, we need to be seen to be finding ways that we can do better, And also finding ways and cheats for people that are busy and can't find, you know, options because there are some very simple little things you can do and some more complex things. So, you know, we've consciously attempted to get our waste down to a minimum and looking at all of our suppliers and every part and element of the business and looking at the supply chain and where things are coming from. And then from the concept of the food, it was about creating wholesome family food that is healthy, but not too healthy, um, that, you know, looks after the planet, that's got just some healthy twists on it. It's kind of like hacking, you know, so if you, you want to feed your family, you're giving them stuff that they think they want, but it's actually better for them. And also, this idea that we don't separate kind of, we Traditionally, there's always kind of kids' menus that always were a bit blander and a bit boring. So our thing about feast and feasting was that you you eat together, and you know from a young age, I know with my children, we didn't really separate what they ate from us, and they always ate with us. And you know, by default, they they've always been great eaters. As they're getting older, they're actually getting a bit more fussy with things. Um, But generally, when they were younger, I kind of felt like I gave them a good basis of good food and a good knowledge and they've become foodies in their own rights because we we didn't separate the kids meals from the family meals and so we've incorporated that into the menu so everything on there has been flavoured in ways that aren't massively highly salt intensive and we've added we've got a lot of vegetarian options which are planet friendly but also just looking at how we can enhance the flavours and add in extra nutrients into that Um, to make sure that we're not, you know, that there's additional goodness and vitamins in those in those dishes. So it's been fun. We've also um, got the cookery school within Feast. Um, so that opens up it being more, less of just a restaurant and more of an interactive hub. So you can also learn how to make some of these dishes. And that can be dads who can't cook. That can be teenagers who are getting ready to go to uni and can't even open a can of baked beans. That can be mum with a new toddler who actually hasn't really thought about how to kind of, you know, to to be positive with food with children. And we start our cookery classes from 12 months old cookery workshops. So it's about kind of deconstructing food for the younger ages and allowing them to play with it and understand the components. And by definition, you get them to try more new things. And even down to grandparents who, you know, don't quite know what to cook their grandchildren. Um, especially if their child's a vegeta- grandchild's a vegetarian, or, you know, the different quirks that we have in these blended families. And so obviously my, um, the grandparents on our side, so we've got a vast blended lot of grandparents as well. We've got maternal, paternal and step. And, you know, it's a whole new world for them as grandparents, raising children of this, of this generation in terms of how, from when they raised their children, when we were all their our kids age.
0: So it's quite a buzzy hub. Yeah, it sounds sounds, um, amazing. It sounds delicious. I think it's great that you've got sort of the zero waste policy and also this sort of sustainability mantra. As you said, it really connects with the youth, doesn't it? And we're all a little bit more conscious of that that right now. Tell me a little bit about the apartment, because I thought that was quite interesting how you've got this sort of also member space where, they could either have short stays or you can use it for events. So you've also got this sort of social element to it as well, you know, it, which which could be used in many ways, I presume. Yeah,
1: so it's quite nice having, again, with members, it's quite nice having the real home, like people say home from home, but we actually have a home from home. And I guess the idea is, as we also open um, additional clubs internationally, that having a nice residential base in each area for members when they travel, is a nice sense of a sense of home or what you know. So when you stay in the apartments, you obviously have access to the club and that's fami- familiar was the word I was looking for. It's familiar to young children, but also in the apartments, we provide all of that stuff that you just don't wanna travel with. You know, travel carts, buggies, the pouches to carry babies in you know we kind of it's kitted out car seats so it kind of has everything that you need it's four families and then we have a program we have childcare so if you're coming to stay in London and you want to go out for the day and have lunch with your girlfriends you can pop your kids in a camp so everyone kind of gets it and then when it's not rented. It's part of the member programming. Um, so one of the requests from one of our teenage members is karaoke. Um, so she, they want a karaoke party space. So we're putting karaoke in up there. And there's, there's these games I've not even heard of, these board games where they have like proper kind of competitions. I think it's called Rummy Cup. You know, and these kind of things, we're kind of gearing up and setting up for them. So and and that's nicer if it's in an apartment rather than kind of in maybe the meet that in the co-working space and stuff. So it's just having different flexible spaces that have different vibes to
0: coordinate the programming. Yeah. And. If you were sort of going to summarise the vision, because it's it's do you're sort of launching it, it's it's coming up this spring, or it, it's, is it open now? It's, it's on its way, almost there. Would you?
1: The feast opens on the seventeenth of May. We get handover from the builders next week, and then the rest of the uh, the rest of the spaces and clubs open from the first week in June over a period of a couple of weeks.
0: So yeah, it's opening soon. So it, it, it's probably going to be perfect timing, actually, because you know London's opening up, isn't it? And um, everyone's going to be able to sort of reconnect and, and and move out of out of being just at home. So it's perfect platform you're providing for us to sort of move into reconnecting with everyone. Um, in the spring, it sounds um, super exciting. I imagine you've been really busy. I can't believe you're actually going to consider having a fifth child, <laughs> but I think maybe one um, one thing you've got in your favor is the fact you've created this sort of platform which makes life easier, you know, with, with children and with many children, isn't it? So you'll, you'll be able to work, play, interact. So you, you, you've got it all there. So you might best as well test man. it out with another child. <laughs> man, Absolutely inspiring. Um, Really appreciate you joining us. Um, we'd love to sort of catch up again, maybe once you um, open up and we'll get a bit of an update and see how things are going for you. We'll be watching um, watching with interest, but really appreciate you joining and telling us a little bit about your new, your new venture. Thank you for having me.